0: Hey, everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna with another mini cast. This one is actually kind of a, mini- a mega mini cast because I've got two, count them, two guests prior to BotCon. It's BotCon week, so we're all psyched up. I think a lot of the people on the uh, TF crew have a lot of pent up uh, Transformers talk, and we're going to let it out at the beginning of BotCon week. And this is going to be a good topic. Joining me is Diecast and the effervescent Headmaster Don. How are you two doing? I'm on vacation.
1: I'm doing really well. <laughs> mm.
0: Awesome, Don. What about you, Diecaster? Are you already on uh, your time off, or are you going to work the first couple of days of the week?
2: Yeah, I'm going to work Monday and Tuesday, but I've already started packing, and I'm, I'm getting into that excited mode.
0: It's going to be happy fun time, for sure. This topic is one I think that's been stewing in my brain for, for a while now, because It's a timely topic, and it relates to Masterpiece, which is quite popular for most fans. But it's not popular for me. So, everyone listening, the point of this week's episode is DieCast and Dawn are going to explain to me what makes Masterpiece so great, because I don't get it. So... Uh, Without further ado, uh, boys, let me ask you first. I assume both of you guys uh, pick up Masterpieces on a fairly consistent basis. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I right? Oh, you were right. right. (laughs) So to set the ground, uh, set the table, Uh, Masterpiece has been around for quite a while now, and it started obviously with Masterpiece uh, Prime, MP1. He's already been reinvented once, and so has Starscream. And I think since since he was reinvented with MP10, they did 10 of these things before they went back to Optimus Prime. Um, they've kind of settled into a consistent scale, or at least one that they kind of hold to, and it's based around MP10, Optimus Prime. Since then, we've gotten all sorts of stuff. Really, the only car that's left is Jazz, uh, which we think we'll get eventually, probably sooner than later. Oh, no. um, you're you're missing a lot of stuff. I know, I know. Tide,
2: Ratchet. Well, oh, um, okay.
0: I got you. I got you.
2: Hoist.
0: I would say when it comes to cars, maybe on the Mount Rushmore of cars, Jazz is the one that's left. Like like when you get like the super elites, maybe he's like the last one on the Mount Rushmore of, of cars. Especially since we got Bumblebee finally. Anyway, I'm beating around the bush. Point of the discussion is, you boys have to explain to me what makes masterpiece so great. So Diecast, I'm going to throw it to you first. Why do you love masterpiece? First off, I got to
2: say my mind's blown that we even have to have this conversation, <laughs> but you know, um I don't know, maybe it's different for everyone. I started off with MPO1 and MPO1 they reissued three or four times before we got anything new. Um and then I think I got wind that they were doing what was MBO two? Don was that Starscream?
1: Uh, yeah, it was Starscream, and then I think it was Magnus after that from the MPO one mold.
2: Yeah, so I I got wind of the Starscream thing, and I think that was my first ever import because I loved MPO one so much. MPO one still
0: still holds a very special place in my heart. Oh, really? Because because uh, I think that uh, maybe it's hindsight <coughs> that people consider MP ten just like wiping mp1 from the history books but you still have a place in your heart for him
2: oh yeah and in a lot of ways i think he was mp01 was was better um, really it is it does have a lot of diecasts, so okay
0: <laughs> hey by the way uh mp2 thank you tf wiki uh mp2 was ultra magnus and mp3 was starscream
2: Okay, that was my first import, was Starscream, because I was so ready for another masterpiece mold. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of disappointed because Starscream was all plastic. (laughs) And that Mm -hmm. that was a mold that did not feel, it did not have the same feel of Optimus Prime, because Optimus Prime was a solid, solid masterpiece, solid Transformer. You know, you could probably chuck it across the room and it would survive. Uh, Not so much with that Starscream
0: mold. Uh, No. (laughs) We're not recommending you toss your MP1 across the room either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You could hurt somebody. Indeed, indeed. (laughs) Hey, Don, was it love at first sight for you too? I mean, mean, tell me. Tell me why is Masterpiece so great for you?
1: Well, it was for MP01 because that was the Optimus Prime I had been waiting for pretty much my whole life. You know, it was... It was basically a per, almost a perfect transformation. It explained what parts went where in, in robot-to-vehicle mode. He looked great. Uh, scale was not an issue because it was Optimus Prime and Transformers and Scale at that time. If you worried about it, you're in the wrong fandom, pretty much. But as Masterpiece went on and we got to MP10 and we started getting this, this actual sense of scale being shot for with these characters... Uh, that that helped a lot as far as like display purposes, but for me, it's not really about scale because you know I've been collecting so long. Uh, scale is this the scale thing is new basically in the line as far as cons- a consistent part of it. It's just the toys that I always imagined in my head that they were on the screen. We were finally getting them in toy form.
0: It's worth noting that yeah, before MP10. Certainly uh, it seemed like the original the original intent of Masterpiece at least with Prime wasn't it wasn't exactly going after the cartoon model was it
1: it, it wasn't but it was it was almost like they were trying to make the definitive version of the figure like with Grimlock who is arguably probably one of the best pre MP10 masterpieces
0: not many people would argue with that um and then also Starscream the first Starscream that's a real example of not going for like the cartoon model at all.
1: Oh god, it's, yeah, it, the color doesn't the even color. because there are no white jets like that in service, so they went with that gray blue muted color.
0: So, let's talk about the first star screen because he, I think he's one of the ones that um this would be MP3. Um this is one of those that kind of uh, I mean it didn't it just it just left me kind of like meh. And I'm sure, like, as my first introduction to a Masterpiece Starscream, that didn't help my personal, like, you know, affinity for the line. What were you... How did you guys accept MP3?
2: I just remember getting it and being like, ah, it's all plastic. There's no die cast hardly at all. And uh, it was meh for me, too. And then I was like, why would why would they do this dumb color? I just... I I you know I wasn't huge into the fandom like I wasn't going online and doing any you know on any forums or groups or anything like that so I I re- didn't really have anyone to talk to about it so the only the only thing I had was the way I felt and I just was like I I don't even know why they did this color scheme
1: back then I was in a pretty much buy everything kind of mood cuz we were getting all this wonderful stuff and because this was something so new, so unique at this scale with this, you know, inv- with this intricate transformation, I really didn't care about the color. It was just something new, something novel. And I got it and I liked it. Uh, the kibble, I think the fuselage kibble down the hips was the big turnoff for me and for a lot of people, Which I, which, which, you know, not much you could do with that at the time until the redesign came through several years later. So I got it. It was fine. Uh, I'll admit, it's just sort of it's sort of on a shelf right now, kind of just sitting there.
0: I do want to, like, go officially down the line of released masterpieces. And actually, it does definitely back up what you guys were talking about uh, with the first 10 or so releases being basically the same mold, like, over and over again. Uh, so MP1 was uh, Convoy, two Ultra Magnus, three Starscream, four... Perfect Edition Convoy with a trailer. (laughs) Five, Megatron. Um, And I'm going to ask you guys to defend Megatron in a minute if you can, if you want. Uh, Six, Skywarp. Seven, Thundercracker. Eight, Grimlock. There you go. Uh, Nine, Rodimus. uh, And then ten, Convoy again. So, So, yeah, you're right. Out of those ten, let's see here. One, two, three, four four out of the first ten four were optimus prime two versions of optimus prime three were the old version um your three seekers megatron and grimlock so that eats up ten releases pretty fast so okay so guys um let me ask you first of all is there any defense for masterpiece megatron
2: yeah i i think there is i you know i think it was done so long ago and it was the best they could do at the time. I'd, I'd like to think they wanted to make him impressive and be big, which which they accomplished. Um, probably on the very bottom, if not the bo- bottom for the for the list of good masterpieces. Uh huh. But again, I think I was craving masterpiece so much because you had MPO one, and then they re-released him and recolored him a th- you know a lot and it took so long to get a new mold i mean those first nine figures probably took i don't know when they started masterpiece pro- i would guess probably about 2000 it was 03 03 yeah so it took a good seven eight years to get the figures that we got you know, up to 09,
0: and there were repaints in between those. So. That's true, actually. So, like, so MP1 was, was released in 2003, and MP10 was 2011. So, that's eight years to get from one prime to the next prime. Let me ask you guys this about Megatron, though. So, he still was kind of like holding to the original concept of trying to be this kind of definitive figure, and, and whatever that. Whatever that meant, I guess, kind of varied by designer. But he, but Megatron certainly has a lot, a lot of, like, cues or attempted cues based on the toy, like the original toy. And you could say that's kind of, like, to his detriment that there's, like, shades of the G1 toy for some reason. Now, we've got a lot of feeling that uh, he will be redesigned at some point. They're going to release a new, a new Megatron. Do you expect the second try at megatron to be vastly superior and do you think he's going to basically be like an all-out attempt at kind of like the cartoon model oh yeah
2: absolutely if they do him i'm still kind of skeptical that they're going to do him because of I, i i mean we have no idea what gun laws are like in china or you know overseas um I think they're probably getting tougher too, so I think it's gonna be a tougher market to release something like that even over there um I still think they're gonna to go to Galvatron first,
0: oh really? yeah, interesting. Hey, Don, do you think we're gonna see another megatron?
1: I think we will the, the character's too popular, but again, there have been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of megatrons that have been just as popular in a, in Different times as G1 Megatron, Um, they may they may even do a G2 Megatron at some point. Uh, You know, I I think the one thing about Megatron G1 Megatron is your alt mode is so oddly designed to from a gun standpoint. It's a lot of mass shifting physically on the toy to get it to compress into a gun, and it's not like it's, it's it's not a box, it's not a triangle. It's not a circle. It's this weird object in nature, this physical object. And it takes a lot of engineering to get that thing to compress like that. And uh, hopefully the time between MP5 and now, they're able to uh, use the new design technologies to do that. So I I think we'll see it. I think we'll see it, but there may be other Megatrons as well.
0: Okay, so question time now. I've got some questions since I'm not a, I'm not a Masterpiece collector, so I'm interested in seeing how you guys tackle some of these issues. One, uh, the size aspect and the display space challenge, I assume, with Masterpiece. So Masterpiece toys are a little bit bigger than your standard release kind of scales. I would say the Autobot cars are almost voyager size kind of six inches or so they're somewhere in between deluxe and voyager maybe a mega if you remember beast wars times and uh, the bigger characters are very big like uh, ultra magnus and star Saber so uh, from a display standpoint and, and taking up a space uh standpoint how do you guys do you guys display your masterpieces and do you run into like issues with space like how much space do they gobble up when you start like displaying them all together
2: I don't have mine displayed all together. Um, I have a very small house, so I tend to have masterpieces just all over the place. Um,
0: I assume I, they take up a lot of space, right?
2: They 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 do take up a little bit of space, but for anyone who uses like the De- the IKEA Detoffs. Um, They seem to go... You could get a couple of them on a shelf and it not be too crowded, and it looks fairly decent. Uh, So Detoffs are definitely a good option for Masterpieces. I have a really nice shelf that would be great for Masterpiece. I just have too many other Transformers on it right now. so And I don't have anywhere to put them if I took them all down. But you want to have enough room to not only take care of your uh official masterpieces there's a lot of third-party masterpieces that you may want to add to your collection that we would never know if we're going to get
0: yeah we're going we're starting to get uh quite a bit of that third-party masterpieces definitely starting to become a thing hey don do you display your masterpieces in any kind of organized way or do you let them all hang out like diecast?
1: well i've <clears throat> i recently redid a few shelves trying to get the masterpieces together But truth be told, I ran out of space a long time ago. (laughs) I'm just using cardboard boxes of infinite holding right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, So not everything, it's like die not everything is displayed together. My original, my first 10 masterpieces are a little scattered. Since MP10, I'm trying to keep them together. Mm -hmm. But what a lot of people are also doing is now that we're getting these masterpiece versions, your classics, your generations your other uh, homage figures like say Downshift from Energon a lot of people uh, myself included are selling some of the other figures. When I got Prowl I sold my my generation's Prowl I liked the figure other than the door issue but I had a definitive version of Prowl in my mind and I really didn't need the classics version anymore despite it being a good toy other than the door issue Mm -hmm. uh, and like that so if you're planning on using the Masterpiece as the definitive representation in your collection and you choose to sell or trade off the other earlier versions, your space balances out somewhat.
0: So I think you i think you just gave me an example, at least for you personally, but you can kind of clarify in a minute and I'll ask Diecast the same question, Don. So, okay, so Masterpiece, I think, has the goal of being the definitive last word on certain characters as far as a toy goes the G1 versions of the masterpieces that you have or the ones that have been released on how many of them do you consider like the definitive last word on that G1 character or design
1: well i think all the dotson brothers qualify for that uh, just because of the because of the shared transformation but because even with the shared transformation and shared parts they all have visually radically different looks and styles, which, you know, really makes those characters stand out from one each, from each other, even when, when they're all displayed together.
0: What about Grimlock? I mean, do you think he may be the last word on a Grimlock in your mind, or do you think th- you could see him being outdone someday?
1: I could maybe see him being done out, outdone, but it would take a really novel engineering trick because Grimlock basically incorpor- incorporates everything that's great about G1 Grimlock the good-looking robot mode, the good-looking dinosaur mode, the fairly easy transformation, but stuff winds up where it's supposed to without looking like a too much kibble, and the Masterpiece Grimlock achieves that. It just cleans up a little bit of the G1 model, but it's still basically your G1 transformation. Hmm. So, so I think a lot of these masterpieces are going to be made to be the, the definitive version of the character, but there are certain characters like I have Masterpiece Wheeljack, but I'm not selling my Generations Wheeljack. I'll be getting tracks and Road Rage, but I'm not going to be selling my G1 tracks or my Generations tracks either, because I like those incarnations of the of the figure. It, it just depends on, I guess, your personal attraction to that character, how many variations you want of that character.
0: Got it. Hey, Diecast, what about you uh, of the Masterpieces that you have? Which ones do you consider, like, end of the line? This is probably as good as it gets.
2: You know, I, and I'm going to steal this example from Brian. Uh, Soundwave. He is absolutely amazing in, uh, in robot mode. Now, in cassette mode or cassette player mode, he's a little too fat. So I kind of tend to like the G1 toy for the original cassette mode or cassette player mode. But I think Masterpiece is more about a style, how the figure looks and, you know, in both modes combined. Whether it's definitive or not, I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people who like to collect, like, you know, a, there's a certain figure that they love, like Primes or Soundwaves, and they'll get every single sound wave, you know, to ever release. And they look great together. Some people will actually group them together on a shelf, you know, just of all sound waves. And, uh, it's funny cause I'm looking at my prime ultra Magnus and it looks so good. And I'm thinking that, you know, I don't know how they could do a masterpiece prime ultra Magnus because I think that Voyager prime does it fairly nicely. And, and I can't see like Don, like Don, how Don said that, you know, he'll sell his classics uh, prowl. Mm-hmm. I would never be able to do that because I, I can't break up that classics collection. It took me so long. I mean, we talk about this all, all the time, how long classics went
0: mm-hmm. to when be I'm
2: able not- to buy all those figures. And I, I, I want to display classics together. I want to display masterpieces together. So I'm not replacing anything in my collection.
1: Well I, I'll be honest I, I, I didn't quite go into, I did keep my carded version of Prowl. I did sell my loose one. But I did keep the carded version.
0: Of course you've got multiples, you're done. Okay, last question guys. So say say after our talk, I'm starting to maybe say uh, maybe I should open the door and maybe give one a shot And I've got a few masterpieces, but some of the more obvious ones I guess but ignoring that. if uh, if somebody was going to dip their toe into masterpiece now, which toy would you recommend as a as a good first impression for that potential collector? Diecast, what, which one is it for you?
2: Well, I'm going to I'm going to go a little different and I'm going to say just jump in at the next masterpiece that comes out. It's going to be the cheapest way that you can get in and check one out. Uh if you wanted
0: to purchase one. So that would be Tracks probably. Yeah, definitely Tracks or uh or the uh, counterpart road rage if you want to be super different. hey uh, hey Don, what about you which is, which is your recommendation for a first time masterpiece purchaser?
1: Well I would, I would well one I would find out is scale important to the person The reason I'm asking that would be if scale is something that they want to look at, then they would probably want to go with the MP10 since the reissue is coming up soon because anything may now coming out if they decide to collect the figures, will be scaled around MP10. So not only is it a good Optimus Prime figure, not only will it be available soon back at regular retail, it would be in scale with what comes out later on if scale was important to that person. If scale was not an issue, I would say Grimlock because it's one of the strongest masterpieces up until MP10. And if you can find one at a good price, they're only going to be going up until they do another reissue. And besides, it's Grimlock. He looks great in both modes. There's one thing that we didn't mention. Mm. There are two other masterpieces in the line. It's up to you if you want to call them masterpieces or not, but they were released as movie masterpieces, and that would be Leader Class Bumblebee and the Leader Class Starscream, because they were released in Japan as movie masterpiece 01 and 02. So if you like the movie aesthetic and you like the movie characters, that's two other masterpieces that you can look for. Uh, the Starscream definitely had some uh, – diff- they had the tattoos removed, and it was more of a – Like a, a super
0: realistic paint job. Yeah,
1: exactly, because his, 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 his jet mode was based on an actual fighter jet, mm-hmm. so it's more like the actual real-life counterpart. And I don't think Bumblebee had very, very few paint app changes as well. So those are two masterpieces that do exist in the series, just as a subset. Just,
2: they don't count.
1: <laughs> but well, now, from, well, from an engineering standpoint, I think they do because really? they put, honestly, I, I think the engineering on the Starscream, the Bumblebee, I can't. I'm not gonna comment because I'm Bumblebee'd out. But that Starscream, I own the U.S. version of the Starscream. The, tech, the engineering in that figure does make it to me a masterpiece level toy It's just it all depends on if you count the aesthetic or not but again that's just I wanted to bring that up
0: thank you Don always looking for the, uh, the inside information that's why that's why you're on the team to find those obscure details that only Headmaster Don can bring to us on the fly hey listeners before we go away I just want to remind you that as always this show and every show on the tfradio.net network is sponsored by you. That is if you go to our homepage, tfradio.net, click the Amazon link on the right side of the page and do your shopping. You don't have to buy anything extra or anything different, but when you do your shopping and you check out using our link, some nickels and dimes go back to Brian Kilby. He uses them to keep the lights on, keep the podcast flowing, and we would appreciate your kind support. So go to tfradio.net. Click the Amazon link, do your shopping, and support us because we love you guys and we wouldn't be here without you. So, uh, until the next mini cast, this is John for Diecast and Dawn. Say goodbye, guys. Goodbye, guys. See you later. We will indeed see you later and uh, happy BotCon week. Music provided by bensound.com.